Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room in the Whole House. I've been doing a series on the attachment styles in children, and if you missed the beginning of that, you might want to go back and listen to the attachment cycle and the one about attachment parenting, because it's super, super important for us foster and adoptive parents to understand attachment and how it works, and also attachment styles. So I'll just review a little bit. The attachment cycle is really simple and it's pretty profound also. What happens is when an infant is born, the first thing that happens is the infant expresses a need and the parent meets that need. And that cycle is repeated over and over and over and over again. And of course, the infant expresses a need through crying because that's the only way that he can communicate at that time, maybe wiggling and then crying. And we parents spend our first, I don't know how long, sometimes it's longer depending on the baby, trying to figure out what each cry means. You know, is he hungry? Is he tired? Does he need changed? All of those things. And I remember my husband would, you know, he would go down the list with me when we're up in the middle of the night with the, with a baby. And did you feed her? Did you change her? You know, all of those things. So we're trying to interpret what the needs are at that time. And what happens is when kids have had some trauma in their life and they come home to us through adoption and foster care, there have been breaks in attachment. So one day their needs are met, or one minute their needs are met, and the next minute they're not met. And I gave a couple scenarios on the other podcast in this series, but I'll just explain it again. For example, let's say a a child comes down for breakfast one morning before school, and there's breakfast, and mom has made pancakes, and she's happy and loving and meeting those needs. And the next morning, the child comes down for breakfast, and the house is dark, and mom and dad are still asleep because they got drunk the night before. And you know, that's just one of the scenarios. It's not always that that causes breaks in attachment. It could be a trauma, it could be a divorce, it could be a death in the family. Any one of those things can change the dynamic of the home so that the child's needs are not being met in a regular fashion. And I'm not saying, you know, if you're listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, I don't hop up every single time my child wants me to. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about needs, not once. The needs being met, a child being fed regularly and being their emotional needs met as well their fears calmed, they feel safe, and they know that you're there for them. And that is a sign of secure attachment when a child knows that you are there for them to the point where they begin to feel more secure and can explore the area around them on their own. And I'm talking about, you know, you watch a toddler 
whenever they do feel secure in a place. Maybe you maybe you go to a party or something like um, I'm just thinking we just had a Christmas party for foster and adoptive families and so first you come in and you're holding the toddler because they're, they want to be held. They want to feel safe by mom holding them. And then two minutes later, they're ready to get down. They're ready to play. They're, they're ready to participate in whatever's going on so that child is securely attached. And the great thing about attachment is it is transferable, which means foster parents that once you have formed an, a secure attachment with that child and they move back to their bio parents or another placement or a more permanent placement, they will take that attachment that you have formed with them and they will transfer it to someone else. So that is amazing. And that is science. That's not just something that somebody made up one day and last week I talked about Mary Ainsworth and the strange situation, and you can go back and listen to that, but that's some amazing research on the attachment styles. Um, so this week, so let me start with the four attachment styles in children. There are four attachment styles for children and four for adults. They're just a tiny bit different, but enough to note. So the first attachment style is secure, and number two is avoidant, number three is resistant or ambivalent, and number four is just disorganized. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so today we're going to talk about avoidant. So in avoidant attachment, the child has trouble seeking care. Infants with this attachment style communicate with their mothers only when they are feeling well. These children exhibit self-soothing behaviors and tend to mask negative emotions. They are often perfectionists. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have some of that in me because I'm raising my hand here. I have struggled with being avoidant in my attachment. Like I said on the, um, I've said before, I did not have secure attachment in my childhood, but now as an adult, I have earned secure attachment. And here's the other thing to note. We will slip from one attachment style to another. We will regress just as much as our children regress and expect that. So if our, if your child is beginning to act securely attached and then all of a sudden they're avoidant. They're not coming to you with their needs. They're only coming to you if they've done a good job on something or they think that you will be pleased. It's okay. It's human nature. We all do that. We all might slip into avoidant attachment. Some of it's our nurture and some of it's our nature. And with me, it was both. It was my nature to be a perfectionist and it was also sometimes my nurture because I grew up in a family where work ethic was extremely important, and that is a good thing. But if you take that with a child who's already a perfectionist, it can go a little bit overboard. And I remember as a teen, this might sound a little strange to some of you, but if you're a perfectionist, with the nurture and nature both, 
I would like clean the whole house while my mom was out um, volunteering at the food pantry or doing other things that she did. And she would come home and I would just show her like all the counters are clean, all of this is clean. I did this, and, and sometimes I would even go as far as to make dinner, and those were good things. Those were very helpful things to my mother, and those are good life skills to have, but the issue that I had with it was I was doing that in an avoidant attachment style because sometimes I wasn't expressing my true needs to my mom. I was only showing her, okay, here's the good part of me. Here's what I can do. And sometimes you'll see that in kids who have had trauma, you know, they might be excelling in sports or at their grades. And those are good things. I am not saying that you should say, oh, don't do well in school. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that it is our job as parents to go a little deeper, to be able to have those late night conversations, especially with teens because that seems to be when they want to talk, you know, tell me what's going on. Tell me how your day was. Is there anything you want to talk about? And wait and wait. And some sometimes it might take, you know, several nights of you just gently prodding, you know, what's going on in your life, you know, because we have seen Um, suicide rates go way, way up in teens. And sometimes what's really often surprising is it's the kiddos who are excelling. They're excelling in sports. They're excelling in academics. And we're just scratching our head. Well, that, that is a sign of an avoidant attachment style. They're only going to show up if they can do things well. They're only going to show up. And you see it in, you know, I kind of got off on a tangent on teens. But, you know, you see this in kids, too. It's like they want you to see what they've done well. And definitely, definitely praise what they have done well. Spend extra time saying, you know, you did a really great job with that. But also, when they're faltering, when they're regressing, when they're angry, when they're upset with themselves for having a fit, that's when we have to come alongside them and say, you know what, it's okay. We all have bad days. We all have bad moments. And we have to come down to their level. If you have this attitude, which I have struggled with, because you know, I've already said many times, I'm a perfectionist. I've struggled with this so much. If you expect them to come to your level and to, you know, I'm not going to respond to you until you're super respectful and you do A, B, and C, then there's always going to be a breach in your relationship because they cannot jump over that chasm of your expectations to meet your need for respect You have to set that aside, and I've had to do that many times, and yes, it's difficult, and yes, I'm on the verge of crying because there's many times that I didn't do it right. You have to set that aside to meet their needs so that the attachment cycle can be completed, and it's super important for us to do that, and you know what? It's such an overwhelming sense of connection and victory 
when you do set that aside, when the child has had a meltdown and they say, I'm sorry, and you say, you know what? Good job saying sorry. And let's just move on with our day. What's done is done. Let's move on. It used to be so baffling to me that my youngest two had severe attachment issues because of his beginning, because of the trauma, that as soon as he said he was sorry, even in the Darth Vader voice, that he would turn around and say, will you take me to Walmart? I want to buy this, or are we still going out for ice cream? And of course, my human nature so much wanted to say, no, you can't do those things because you did all these things that were wrong and bad and blah, blah, blah. That is just not the right way to handle it. If it's over, it's over. Yes, we're still going for ice cream. Or um, we can go to Walmart tomorrow because it's not convenient right now. I'm not saying you have to jump on their every want. But what they're doing is in their own way, in, in the, the ability that they have, they're trying to repair that breach they've made between you when they picked up your coffee cup and smashed it, or they yelled at a sibling, or whatever they did, and they say they're sorry. I'm not saying that you don't have a consequence. I'm not saying that you don't say, hey, we're going to clean up this cup and you're going to replace it, you're going to have to spend the 5 or $6 it cost for this mug, but then let's just move on. Let's move back to connection. It's amazing to me how many kids in their own way will try to move back to connection. They will try in their own way, which, and sometimes, you know, and I've heard it from kids a lot where they'll say, well, I said I'm sorry. Yes, they said they're sorry, so accept it and move on. And I said I was talking about avoidant, and I've gone off on all those tangents, but you know, those are signs of avoidant attachment where the child is only going to show you when he can do something well. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want you to see the broken parts of him. So I'm going to wrap that up, wrap this up. If you want the, the graphic of the attachment cycle, it's a good place to start a conversation. I'm not expecting you to hang it up on your wall, but you can find that on the wholehouse.org in the printable resource section. Go ahead and go there and print one off and you can talk to teachers and Sunday school teachers and family members and saying, you know, this is the attachment cycle. This is what we're trying to get back to. We're trying to complete that. So thanks for joining me today on Positive Adoption, and I will see you next week. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.